Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We are live on Crowdcast. We're live on YouTube. Or maybe you're listening later wherever you get your fine podcasts. That all that all good. Me, me happy. <laughs> Say that, Pete. Wow, anyway, nice. very excited about this show tonight. Justin, as you notice, isn't here. Uh, he told us... Oh, he's got a dinner. He's got yes. a dinner. He's got to go. This is to. what he told so. us yesterday. He was like, I'm sorry, I can't be here, guys. I have a dinner. Yep. And here's the thing. I don't want to brag or anything. I also had a dinner tonight, but I had it <laughs> before the show. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a lunch, seen. too. Yeah. Did wow. you have a lunch? Yeah. I had a brekkie. Oh, brekkie. Did you have a second brekkie? Always. Elevensies? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, have I, I reached, have I reached the limit of your Hobbit knowledge that, well, I just, I feel like a second Brex Brecky would be 11 Z's. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why I got a little, no, I don't know the exact timing, but I assume, I always assumed it was like six or seven o'clock. You know, you wake up at the crack of dawn because it's fantasy times, right? Oh, okay, crows, sure. crows are crowing. You wake up, you have your first breakfast. Right. A couple hours later, on like eight or nine, you have your second breakfast, and then 11 Z's are at 11. So it's basically every two hours you're having a meal. Yeah, it seems about right. There you go. Don't forget tea's in there, too. You got tea time at around 2 p.m. I love a good green tea, you know what I mean? That's definitely not what I'm talking about. Well, we're off to a strong start, I think, here on the podcast already. Why don't we bring in our first guest? She Great. is the creator of the new book... I love Ish, New York City, Ali Solomon. The book is coming out from Chronicle Books on October 25th. That's a lot of fun. It's very delightful. Uh, and she's going to work her way in here any second. Clearly, per the name of the book, she's taking the New York subway because, you know, it's hey, the time. Hey, hey, there's Ali. Hello. How are you? Welcome. Good. How are you doing? <laughs> All right. So let's talk about this book, which is very fun, very enjoyable yeah. guidebook to living in New York. Um, it's packed I, with great stories and details, and it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, and I I live in New York. Pete is not a not a New Yorker. I lived there for twenty two years. Like this well, where book are you says, now? always where are you a now? New Yorker. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I'm in B more. Oh, you're in Baltimore. Yeah. That's right. Ali, is Pete a New Yorker still, or is he a crab? I don't know. 22 years is a long time. 
Mm. It, you might still smell it on you, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate Definitely. that. <laughs> so what was the inspiration for this book? I know you. we've talked about your uh, book of cartoons and you've done some New Yorker stuff as well, but this is a mix of cartoon stuff. It's a mix of tech stuff as well. Uh, what was the initial inspiration for this? So I guess it sort of came about, you know, during the pandemic, I, you know, we lived in New York and everyone was fleeing New York in droves you know, just like this mass exodus and people were talking about how New York was over and New York was dead. And so I sort of decided I wanted to come up with a love letter to New York because I had to kind of rethink how to be a New Yorker now that everything I loved about New York was closed or, you know, not available. Right. So we just, I just started writing the book as sort of like a cycle of someone going through all those steps of being a New Yorker. And so, wait, are you still a New Yorker? Uh, it's funny. I well, did you not well, read well, the book? gotcha questions, gotcha you again. Did you not yeah. read the book? The book ends with her talking about how she uh, feels like a New Yorker no matter what. It, it mm. never leaves you. I could see New yeah. York from my porch, you know. So uh, <laughs> we, we just moved a few weeks ago. All right. How is it? How was the move? Do you miss it already? Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> I mean, well, that's. It seems like this book was a nice way to process that kind of like, uh, you know, moving on from New York City, kind of a little bit, and giving a love letter ish to New York. <laughs> There's always that ish because you know I I tell stories about New York or other people tell stories and you're like. Oh, that story's not as romantic as I thought it was. <laughs> you know, there there's always a jumpster involved. You know, there's always rodents. And so it, the ish is always there because, you know, you miss it, but you're also like, what exactly did I miss? <laughs> well, let me ask you this without giving away the book for free or anything like that. For anybody who might be thinking about picking it up, what's what's a good tip or your favorite tip about New York that you might pass along to people? Well, first of all, the book has no practical advice in there. It's basically just <laughs> mistakes to avoid. <laughs> I mean, that's that's practical, I think. Yeah, don't follow any of the actual advice. It's funny, the <laughs> advice that I would recommend is seems silly. Like, we were looking at apartments when I first moved to the city. And, you know, everyone's giving you advice. Bring a check. Be ready to commit. But our main takeaway was make sure your apartment has a floor before moving in. Mm. Which, you know... Seems silly on the surface, but we were ready to give that check over. And they assured us the floor would be there. Oh, but, boy. You know, it was one of those moments where you're like, mm, we should see the floor. That should be something that's <laughs> <up> there. <laughs> What's, is that your, this is a little bit of a swerve. I, I feel like we were talking about this a couple of weeks on the show, but I feel like everybody has an apartment nightmare story when you're going around and looking at apartments. What I'll tell you, the worst one that I saw, I think it was on the Lower East Side, yeah. And this is not atypical, but it was the first time I had seen it. It was a toilet in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. No, no bathroom, that. just the yeah. toilet right next to the stove right there. So you can cook your eggs and use the toilet at the same time, I guess. So that was my pretty bad. Oh, oh Pete? <laughs> yeah, my favorite was, I had two. One that the um, bathroom was so small that when you sat on the toilet, you had to put your arm on the sink because it would like come into your oh. ribs a little bit. And then um, the the other one oh. was I saw this apartment that the guy called it's a half apartment, which means oh. it's like they kind of built the thing. And then this top uh, the top level you couldn't stand up in. You had oh, to just no. and I'm 
I'm only five, you know, six and a half. So like, I still had to be like, oh my God. Yeah. Wow. That's like a total apartment for hobbits, right? Oh, no, they're all nice. Yeah, all there you go. Right. They roll in back, yeah. Do you have a apartment nightmare story, Allie? And honestly, I feel like my apartment nightmares were my own fault. <laughs> you know, our, our two sort of three bedroom was a perfectly normal bed, you know, and we decided we were going to get all our furniture off the street, oh, which, wow. you know, any New Yorkers like, oh, don't do that. But we were like, yes, free. <laughs> so we, we had this couch that had pictures of 1970s mailboxes all over it and no legs. And of course, you know, we took it and brought it into our home like a welcomed guest and oh, had it on cinder blocks. And then all of a sudden we had a mouse problem. Yeah. It took us a really long time to make the connection that this <laughs> we brought in, this Trojan horse, was loaded uh, with mice. And eventually, you know, someone came in and inspected and was like, oh, yeah, your couches. And so they threw it away. And my roommate came home and thought we were robbed, but they didn't want the couch. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we left that for you. Now, I, I know you haven't been out of town, town very long, but what is your position on New York style pizza and New York bagels? Because obviously that's a big debate in the country, though I, it shouldn't be a debate, but go ahead. It's, I mean, it's pretty clear cut. Like it, nobody does it like New York, but it could just be because we like saying that. But, you know, I've had perfectly OK pizza out here. I moved to Long Island mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it's adequate. But, you know, it, it lacks the open at 3 a.m. vibe that you get from New York pizza. <laughs> it doesn't scald your hand. So mm. I, I feel like it's, it's missing something. That's the only no. way it tastes good, I think, is if it's super hot, burns the yeah. top of your mouth, and it's 3 a.m. That's yeah. when pizza tastes the best. <laughs> you just have to make that concession when you, when you leave the city. Yeah. Now, this is obviously not a jokey thing, and not that we're a travel podcast or anything like that. But what's, what's your favorite secret spot in New York? Or a place that you really liked to visit? Um, I guess it depends on like the stage in my life. Like oh, I, I like pulling yeah. across things that I didn't know were there, like a you know, like a pocket park where you're like walking down a street and you're like, Oh, I could turn here and there's this park that everyone knew about but me. <laughs> I just discovered that the MoMA has a sculpture garden and they serve alcohol and it's wonderful. Oh yeah, that's that's real nice. I you throw in, you know, a wine bar and suddenly everything is great. Yeah, no. I'll I'll off of that again. Not that we're going to be like travel <laughs> advice, but I'll throw out there: if you don't regularly go to the Coney Island Aquarium, the aquarium over there, there's yeah. actually a rooftop snack bar and bar uh, on the top of the new building that they built, the new aquarium building. Oh, so wow. you can go up there. Obviously, not when it's like cold and freezing right yeah. now, but during the summer, it's not actually usually packed because I don't think people know it's up there. Well, they um, do so now. There. Yeah, there you go. I just ruined it. That's uh, <laughs> my secret spot. Oh, man. You ruined it. I guess uh, we have a place for all, like, when the fish pass away, too. You could just kind of move it upward. Yes. <laughs> my favorite was yeah, the uh, the uh, bagel joint in the hotel lobby where you had to kind of, like, walk past and then find the little, like, exit or okay. entrance and yeah it was absolutely uh delicious and incredible that it was inside this functioning hotel it makes it even better yeah <laughs> now since the book the book is hitting uh, bookstores on october 25th next week mm -hmm. is that correct yes. uh, do you have any big new york launch plans i know things are still a little <laughs> dicey in terms of like opening or not opening but 
Are you going to like go to the top of the Empire State Building and propose to it, or what? Going to <laughs> <laughs> you know take it out for emails or New York things. Ride the Staten Island ferry with it tucked mm-hmm. under my arm. Um, I'm actually going to launch at the Corner Bookstore in Manhattan. Oh, yeah. oh nice! Yeah, in Madison. So I'm going to be there 6 p.m. next Thursday, the 27th. Ah, that's oh, awesome! That is a great store. Love it. It's, it's fabulous. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Allie, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations yeah. on the book. Uh, it's really fun. The congratulations. Yeah. But we'll see you around the city anyway, I guess. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. All right. Bye. All right. Once again, the book is called I Love Ish New York City. It's by Allie Solomon and it's out Super October fun. 25th from Chronicle Books. And it is great. It's good stuff. Uh, and as Ned Townsend says, R.I.P. Pizza Rat. I yeah, she a... covers that in the book. She also does yeah. the uh, Empire State Building bit you did. So, yeah, you're really killing it. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> to Matt Little. Uh, thanks, man. Uh, just to explain that, our comedy friend Matt Little is the guy who invented Pizza Rat. It makes right. no money off of it, I believe. Not <laughs> even a little bit, which is sad. And everybody references it because it's a huge thing. But yeah, that is putting invented in quotes here. But he dressed as a rat, and his friend dressed as a piece of pizza, and he dragged him around the subway. And what happened? Yeah, he, he and was they did drunk they... getting pizza at three in the morning, and taped go. the pizza rat, and yeah. uh, you know. And if anybody is doubting that that's a true story, he used the same techniques that Peter Jackson used for the Hobbits and Lord of the Rings to make them look smaller, so it was the right size and everything. And while we're talking to Nat as he's sabotaging our show here, yeah. uh, no, I'm not talking about the Oyster Bar in Grand Central. It's a secret pizza joint in a hotel that you got to know about. Uh, that is. Are you talking about the Junior's Cheesecake in Grand Central? Is that what no. you're talking about? No, I'm not talking what about What restaurant that. in Grand Central are you talking about? I'm not talking about Grand Central. Nat's talking about Grand Central. The Apple Store. That's what you're talking about. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You guys are the absolute worst. All right. You know who is the absolute best, though, is a great guy who we haven't on that show for years. Very excited to welcome him back. He is the senior editor in charge of the X-Men line over at Marvel Comics. So this should be a nice, pleasant, easy conversation. Jordan D. White. Hello, Jordan. Jordan. Hello. How are you? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so good to see you again. So excited oh, to chat. It warms my heart to see your face. Oh, so great. Absolutely. I, it, I mean, it literally has been years, like not even just the pandemic. Even before that, I had been busy having a kid that I had to take care of at nights. And so I, it's yeah. been so long. I, I'm so happy to be back. How yes. How is your child? Uh, how old is he? I, I don't even know. Like <laughs> five years old. He's in wow. kindergarten. Now. It's insane. Oh my God. And how is your amazing wife? She's doing great. She's doing great. Still, yeah. still being a great doctor, working down in the Bronx uh, most of the time. Yeah, loving it. Oh man, I oh gosh, yeah, I remember like horror stories when she was. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, I have so to long. say, I'm personally really enjoying this uh, brief moment of wonderfulness before it all horribly starts to go wrong when we <laughs> talk about X Men because Pete's going to turn very quickly. I'll say on the uh, positive both, side yeah, of things, we both love yeah, 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 there you go. Oh, You're the same. You're the same. Uh, before we get into it, though, here's another positive thing that I'll mention. Sure. So we have our official comic book club chef brett macris aka stray bullet he every week he curates a drink for us sometimes there's stuff from like the gotham city cookbook uh cookbook i keep calling it that gotham city cocktail book sometimes it's jokey things that are put up on our patreon slack and sometimes he designs stuff specifically for the guests now i 
he has a drink that he designed for you that we made tonight that I'm going to show here. It may need a little bit of explanation, but uh, okay. I'm just going to bring up the recipe here first, just so everybody can see it. Um, so this is Frederick J. Duke's Green Lagoon presents Jordan D. White's Long Fuck <laughs> Island Iced Tea. My goodness. Yeah, which is a lot of things at the same time. I, I think the most important thing to mention is ever since Krakoa and Araco came together, Pete yep. has, uh, in a very complaining way, been calling them Fuck Island uh, because oh, yeah, the islands like to fuck. Sure, yeah. Uh, there you go. So uh, that's where that comes from. This also spins off of the fact that I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings on Sunday, and they had... E-dubs, a... bro. Come on. Act like you've been there. I literally have never been there before. Oh, my God. They had a Mountain Dew Long Island iced tea that I was like, hey, Pete, you would like this because you like Mountain Dew and gross things. So I sent that (laughs) over. So this is a combination of that. But to read it for anybody who's listening on the podcast, it is vodka, rum, gin, rye, triple sec, orgiat, lime juice, and a lime wedge. You pour all ingredients into a cocktail shaker and shake like crazy. Shake it like your two islands trying to make everything fit together. Will it work? How long has it been since the two islands have been together? Islands change. Islands grow. If it doesn't work, at least the islands had their time. I could always remember the good times when two islands fucked happily and before Pete hated them. Strain into a large glass with ice, garnish with lime, go forth and multiply. Um, wow. And uh, kill no mutants, but kill all your drinks, I guess, right? Wow. <laughs> kill, kill, no, kill no humans. Kill it's, no humans. No, oh, there's kill no lots ice, of mutants. There's yeah, no iced tea in there, though. No. no. That's why it's in quotes. Yeah. Long Island so, iced tea isn't actually tea. So uh, my question, I guess, there is... Is Pete unhappy about this because this is one of the ones where he where he's upset that marriages don't work out and he wanted the islands to get back together so badly? Oh, wow. That's, that's, an that's an interesting take. That's fun. That's fun. <laughs> I Just can I continue with one thing before we get into this? And sure, yeah, up five minutes from now with Pete <laughs> screaming somehow. I've been really enjoying the X-Men run. I think it's great. It's definitely pushing things in some wild directions I wasn't expecting at all. And I also appreciate the fact that uh, you guys are continuing with it, which isn't something that I necessarily expected. And I think it's it, it sounds like it's something that you didn't necessarily expect either. I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, there was literally this multi-part plan that Jonathan Hickman had, but everybody sure. was enjoying being in this part so much that it just <clears throat> is continuing. Yeah, yeah I mean... Uh... Well, I don't think by I don't think we would have been done but with it by now if if the original plan had gone through either. Um but uh but yeah, we did end up changing and it's not uh it's a lot has been said about that. A lot has been theorized about that by other <laughs> folks that aren't the people who know what happened. Um so to again not say too much because we don't want to say exactly what changed and why. But yeah, Jonathan came in going, "Okay, here's what I'm going to do." And it's not like some people depict it as like the rest of the writers ganged up on him and went like, no, you can't do your story because we like what you've done too much. He uh, is a great dude and he's a real collaborative dude. And he, he was liking what everybody else brought to the table too. You know, he didn't kick it off and go, here's what you're doing in this book. Here's what you're doing in that book. Here's what you're doing in that book. He came in and said, what do you want to do? What, what interests you to all the writers? And they all contributed to this whole new world and it came to a place where he was like, I have to make a decision as to whether I'm going to slam the door on what everybody's doing and begin the story and go into the next phase of the story. Or 
if we want to say, let's come up with something new. And it's not even as simple as everybody said, we like what we're doing. Like there's a lot more to it than that. There, there are someday, someday when Jonathan has told the secrets of what he was going to do and whatnot, we can talk about it, I'm sure. But there are aspects of that story that there were reasons that we didn't do it. Like there are reasons that Jonathan didn't, wasn't like just gung ho going, let's absolutely do this. There were reasons that we all were not sure. Um, I can't say too much about it without going into detail, but was it, was there a plot line yeah. where the X-Men got this fantasy disease called COVID and you couldn't <laughs> do that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, oh, it was, it, but it was this it, X. Zovid. Oh, COVID X. No, I meant Zovid, but there you Zovid. Go. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes more sense. Um, uh, well, I, uh, go ahead, Pete. Take it away. Yeah, before, okay, no, we, go, before we go and get derailed, okay. before we do that, there was an audience question. By himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before I derail this very nice conversation, right. um, uh, we had a, a, a person on our Slack uh, reach out. Um, they wanted to talk about the Deadpool. Like uh, They said that uh, they were really interested in how the Deadpool black and white and blood uh, came about. Oh, because yeah, sure. they heard you're back on uh, Deadpool, which is very exciting. Yes. Uh, I'd also like to say, you know, you, some of my favorite Deadpool stuff, uh, you were uh, at the helm. So uh, it's very so exciting much. to hear you're back on Deadpool. Yeah, I've missed him. I've missed him a lot. Um, so, yeah, Deadpool went uh, for a bunch of, for the last two series, series, uh, Jake Thomas was the editor on Deadpool and he left Marvel though. And when he stepped away, he was actually in my office doing Deadpool under, under, under me as senior editor. And um, so I like oversaw the last couple of issues of that, of, of Kelly Thompson's run. But again, it was mostly done. I didn't do much. And Deadpool black, white and blood was also uh, something he was working on. There had, they had done a few other black, white and bloods. I think um, Wolverine was the first one. Mm -hmm. uh, had they sense. done, did it go straight to Deadpool? I think Deadpool might've been the second one. So, so it was in process and I got to, uh, see all those out the door as well. Some of which were super fun. Uh, the fourth issue of which was the first time I ever got to work with Martin Cocolo, who is going to be the artist on the new run of Deadpool. His mm -hmm. art on the Black, White, and Blood story was just absolutely oh, yeah. knockout. It was so amazing. Yeah. And so when it came time to cast this new book, um, we lined up. Uh, um, uh, we lined up uh, Alyssa Wong to, to write it and we were like, well, who, who can draw this? And I immediately thought of Martin and I thought, uh, let's, let's make this happen. And he was super excited to draw it as well. So I'm really pumped to, uh, to be back editing Deadpool. Uh, the first issue is already sent to the printer, so it'll be out pretty soon. I, I hope people really dig it. It's a lot of fun. Anything you can uh, tease or anything you can <clears throat> say can about uh, Well, he's going to make annoying jokes. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't have anything to tease, that's fine. You, no, you no, I'll, I'll tell you what. You uh, there's going to be some romance. There's going to be Ooh. some romance. I'm not even kidding. Oh, wow. Uh, some unexpected romance. And and I think, I'm not sure how many issues we've solicited at this point. So I'm not sure. Has issue three been solicited? I don't think it has. In which case, has issue two? There's there's going to be some surprising villains in it that uh, aren't typical Ooh. Deadpool villains that uh, we're really excited to throw them up against. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So right. uh, I feel like we've talked about this probably innumerable times over the years, but I'm curious just because it came up recently. So obviously there was the surprise, at least to the world at large, announcement of Deadpool 3, Hugh Jackman coming back at Wolverine. <laughs> when something 
like that happens, how does that impact what you're doing, if at all? Is it just sort of like they make the announcement and you're thinking, well, maybe we have some stuff that we can roll out at that point, or does it totally change plans or what? Yeah, um, not in not in huge ways. No, mm-hmm. not in huge ways. I mean, let me put it this way. Mostly only in the way that like any sensible business person would <laughs> in the sense of it's never like studios going do a story like this because we're doing a story like that. It's more the sense of, hey, a million or multiple millions of people are going to be going to see a movie about this thing. Do we want to make some money off of that? Maybe like <laughs> it seems like so, an opportunity for <laughs> yeah, storytelling, yeah. right? This is like, right, hey, exactly. Could, yeah. So 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 yeah. So a lot of times you will see now in the Deadpool Wolverine thing in particular, uh n- nothing it hasn't affected us yet. Uh I mean obviously we always have Wolverine and Deadpool stories going for the most part. Right. Um when 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 it gets closer to the time that movie comes out, I wouldn't be shocked if we did some sort of Deadpool Wolverine miniseries uh, to, 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 again, to tap into the, the zeitgeist of people being excited about that. But it's not a, a mandated thing. It's just us going, that's a cool way to get some comics out there and get people excited about our books. Yeah. Now, One th- go ahead, Pete. I wanted to ask you uh, before we start fighting. A little bit of your process, like, because, sure, yeah. you know, um, you sit in on like, I'm assuming uh, all the meetings where they talk about uh, things going on in your department. And then you say, okay, I'm going to work with this writer on a project. Do they, right? as, the, as the senior editor in charge of the X-Men, do they let you into the meetings or do they just kind of have them? I guess, the, yes, it depends which meetings you're talking about. I'm I'm a little confused as to what meeting you just were referring to there. Well, like a, uh, a meeting where they're going to talk about uh, the next arc or writers are pitching arcs and you're like, oh yeah, we'll put this person with that person or something. Oh, uh, okay, wait, hold on. Okay, there's a lot of... <laughs> So you're talking about a meeting. Sorry, just real quick, uh, just to clarify, can you bring up, I don't know if you use Outlook or if you use Google Calendar (laughs) or something like that, and just talk us through your week, your meeting. Well, I can, I, okay. I actually can go into some, some, uh, some programs and make see if they can pay me for it. No, uh, I mean, right now my, my process has actually changed immensely since, since last time I was on the show. Um, well, again, I think I was on the show since Jonathan started, so maybe not immensely, but a, a, a good amount. Um, we have a, an X-Men Slack that we go on uh, uh-huh. with all of the X-Men editors and all of the X-Men writers, all the, the folks writing in, in the Krakoa uh, X-Men era. And so we, we talk a lot there. We do Zooms every two weeks. Uh, where we get everybody as or if at all possible everybody on there uh, and we talk about like the larger stories and the big like status quo stuff um, so those kind of meetings happen a lot as far as like someone pitching a story to me I mean a lot of times it's still kind of the traditional thing of I'll go to a writer who I think is is a good writer and I'll say hey are you interested in working on this book with me what, what kind of stories would you have an idea for and then they'll they'll come out to us as to what inspires me to do that it's mostly just again reading their work and and liking it um very i'm not gonna say nobody ever sends in a pitch that makes me go like oh that's a good idea but the number of especially the number of times someone has sent in a pitch and then we make that pitch is very low okay. like sometimes somebody will send in a pitch out of the blue not out of the blue but like someone i've heard of will send me a pitch and then i'll be like oh that's good and that makes me think maybe they'd be good for this other project that they're not they didn't pitch (laughs) um but 
but yeah, it's usually just liking people's work uh, and wanting to hear what they've got an interest in. Okay, so now that we're both on the same page with that, let's say you're working with somebody, right? Okay. Oh, and here we go. They send you the story, and mm-hmm. and it's like, oh my god, this is crazy. Are you? Is your, when you're first reading it, are you kind of looking over like, well, we can't do that because of other plans? And, oh, oh yeah. I don't like this. Or are you kind of like, do you work with them to be like, hey, this is cool, but we got to rein this in? Like, what is your kind of like? process for working with somebody once your guys are kind of teamed up do you let them pitch you or do you over go over guidelines first like how does that all come if you don't mind absolutely well there there are different uh, different circumstances for different projects um so sometimes there is a project where i literally am like here's what we need from the project like i'm I'm interested in you writing this um it needs to fulfill this goal like we're this is yeah. the story thing again because we're doing this larger Krakoan thing so sometimes it sure. is like this is a story element for the whole shebang that we need you to touch on and, and figure out or sometimes it's as simple as it's just a character name we've, or a team name we've got this team and we want to come up with something for them what, what do you got um so that that really varies and as far as once they pitch i i mean i certainly view my goal i, I have a responsibility to both the, the creators and the the company that's that's one of the difficult parts of being an editor is that you've got to try to serve both masters at the same time i want i want to always be uh helping them achieve the best artistic outcome but i do at the same time have to go like oh we have to we have to sell we have to make money we have to hit schedule we have to do all of these things and i do have to say Pete, I'm sure you'll say, well, you're doing a last job at this, but I do have to say <laughs> I have to protect the, the the legacy of this thing, right? Like I can't, oh, yeah, I can't, sure, yeah. I can't have um, a character do something that would be completely, completely be ruined. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then like, crushing fans' dreams as you drink your tears and laugh <laughs> on your, you know, I can't do that. I can't do that. Now, I, in, in actuality, of course, you and I, the place where you disagree is which of those things have actually ruined them. But we'll get to that. Exactly. Um, exactly. I, I want so when I'm reading time. that. We cover all that. But we'll, yeah, we'll do right. a few of them. We'll touch yeah. on the old favorites: Spider-Man's marriage, the Punisher <laughs> getting chopped up. Yeah, yeah. All of those things. Um, so, uh, wait. That actually I, that brings I, up a quick question. Not to interrupt the flow, but oh, yeah. assuming Frank Castle is a mutant, which he probably is. <laughs> sure. Why if not? he was brought back in one of the eggs, would he be brought back as a Frankenstein monster or, or oh, as regular God. Frank Castle? That's a great question. I Thank mean, you. realistically, it's not a great question. oh, it's not. Ooh. <laughs> no. oh, okay. Uh, if if Mary Frank Jane was resurrected, would she remember the wedding? Right. Oh my God, I don't no. know the answer. She um, probably right before she died, she'd be don't like, "Don't play with my just, goddamn emotions with this." Just okay? make sure that I forget this whole marriage thing, and they'd be like, "No problem, Mary Jane. Perfect. Sounds good. We can, we can wipe Those it out." Mephisto breaking up marriages is a great story idea and really fun. <laughs> so, 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 okay. So, uh, my goal is always to try to make them help them get the best comic possible. Now, of course, that does mean yes, Pete. If I'm reading a pitch and they're like, "Oh, and this is the place where Peter Parker gets shot in the head," I'm like, "No, obviously, we can't." shoot Peter Parker in the head. He's just in the Spider-Man book every month. I, I don't have that kind of control. Or, or if they tended to pitch and go, and then, you know, Krakoa disbands and all the X-Men go back to Westchester. I'm going to be like, no, that doesn't fit with what Jerry's doing. That doesn't fit with what everybody else in the line is doing. I'm sorry. But I, one of my uh, missions is to read it and go, what are they really trying to get at? What's the point of this pitch? What, right. what, is, what, is the, what is the core of the story? What makes this story a story worth telling? And try mm-hmm. to help them make the best version of that they can while fitting it in while to continuity as much as possible. Okay. Yeah. 
And is uh, there ever like big time clashes? Like, oh yeah, really... oh wow. I mean, so, really? I mean, well, do you mean? I'm sorry. Do you mean personality or clashes between those two goals? Um, I mean personality, like someone being like, "How dare you!" You know, he wants mean? to know like, if anybody's ever tried to stop you. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm just wondering if someone got. I feel like this whole conversation, you're nice... being very calm, Pete, but I feel like I'm watching somebody be like, "Hey, real quick, let me just set up this box here on like an angle and a stick, and I'm just gonna put a hamburger in here. Don't even worry about it. It's I'm just a delicious hamburger. To set up traps. <laughs> I'm not smart enough to set up traps. Um. Generally speaking, no. Like, I'm not going to say I've never had a clash with a creator in my entire career, but oh, my, that's great. my my goal is always to be their collaborator and build trust with them, and to, for them to feel like I am there to support them and, uh, you know, to to help them make a great story and to help them achieve uh their their end. So, th- very rarely do do we get into like a shouting match or anything like that. Very okay. very very rarely. Uh, cool. We got a question here in the comments. I don't know if oh. you feel comfortable asking this one, but I'll read it anyway. This is from Edward Darty. Can Jordan comment on reactions from people like Thinking Critical or Richard Meyer, who constantly criticize diversity while missing the lesson taught by the entire history of the X Men? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you just uh, you just delivered the the answer to that question <laughs> in the question. Um, I that I think that is the lesson of the X Men, and I think uh, I'm happy to continue going down that road because it's important to us. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about the road. Okay. So, okay, let's do you it. Have Here we go. A road that the X-Men is on. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then an amazing writer. I mean, let's not, it comes along. It's like, Hey, I have an idea to shake things up, you know? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's like, Hey, cool. You know, like uh, shaking things up is fun. Might help sell some comics. Great. So I'm on board so far. Choice. Huge choices made. You know what I mean? Krakoa is born. Everybody's loving Fuck Island. Instead of doing okay, all right. superhero <laughs> things, we're now doing weird shit on an island. People are roommates. It's getting crazy. You know, <laughs> people, people are roommates. Are... That happens in the regular world, I think. Well, you're currently a roommate. <laughs> personally, you know, some of the roommate things are kind of like, wait, what's going on over here? Anyways, my just to check, is, is your specific problem the threesome on the moon with Cyclops and Jean Grey and Wolverine? Is that the problem? I've maybe? never seen any evidence of that in any comic book. Maybe, that I maybe that is. Sure. <laughs> it happened. It's definitely in there. Show me the panel. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God, dude. You're the editor. How did you let this slip by you? <laughs> I don't know what you're referring to. So I can't. Yeah, you're asleep you the wheel, man. It was like a huge people are freaking the fuck out all right anyways uh I know so huge choices made everybody's <laughs> on board they're like oh man this is fun this is creative puts things completely in a different thing like all the freshness all the excitement at some point do you think to yourself like hey i know everybody's having fun in this room but i have to also worry about maybe the fans that are like things before fuck island do you know what i mean do you think about that at all and think like how far uh, can we go with this thing before we like start alienating a lot of people who maybe were supporting us and giving us money uh sure yeah of course we we think about all that stuff uh but i think i think that i mean that that question i don't know i feel like that uh Obviously, listen, you're asking from a place of emotion, and I guess I know what side of it you're on, of course. But right. to say, when you ask the question, why aren't you making comic books for me? And I know that's not exactly what you're saying. <laughs> but, what, but when you ask that question, uh, um, that's interesting. Yeah. to some extent, you're also going, 
and not for them, which is to say, I get what you're saying. You're making comics that go in this new direction. Do you worry about people who don't like that new direction and are leaving? Of course we do. But in the same way that we also worry about before we did this, the people who weren't reading our books then and who now are reading these books and the people who wouldn't want to keep going if we stopped the direction we're going. Um, and that's a balance that we have to try to strike. And we are always trying to go, well, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but I hope that when you read these books, even though this isn't necessarily an era that you are loving then, that there's still something in it that reminds you of the stuff you liked. There's some, I mean, again, you're still wearing a Wolverine shirt. I don't know if you're liking the Wolverine book. I hope you are. Ben Percy writes a great grim ass kicking Wolverine. Like, so yeah, yeah. There, there are still, we try to keep the core of what makes the things work. Um, even though it is in a new context, when John took over the X-Men, he wasn't saying, I want to change the core of what the X-Men is about. He said, I want to change the trap, the, the trappings that are around that. But I think that I want to do that in order to, to keep putting what it, the core of it is in focus. Um, because we've done it the way we've been doing it for a really long time. And I feel like it's time to do it different. I, I've talked back. I talked about this a lot more back at the beginning. I, I talked about it a little bit recently, though, that the era before uh, Jonathan took over to me, even though there were there were different writers involved, there were different stages of it. There are different like individual specific status quos. To me, I feel like since decimation happened, it was all kind of the part of one long story where the story of mutants was they are an endangered species. They are being exterminated. They are on the road to extinction. That was the, that was the, the thrust of what that was at the core of all of those things. Like again, and they had different specific directions in different stages, but I felt like all of that was a one really long era. So I, I didn't really have qualms about saying, well, let's not, follow that direction anymore like let's change that part of it but they still are uh you know they still are people who are are uh hated and feared for what makes them different uh and th the good ones are still good people who try to do what's right and protect the world that and i say listen i say the good ones and i see you, you smiling over there because i do understand guess what yeah we put a lot of villains in the room <laughs> Yeah, uh, a lot of them, and that's, at the but that's the for conflict, man. <laughs> that's for yeah, conflict. I think it's for yeah. conflict, but it also throughout <laughs> this struck me. I don't know why it was recently, but reading through a bunch of the past weeks of books in particular, because I think there's always this feeling of like when this era started, apocalypse walks in, and you're like shit's gonna get fucked up like of course it's gonna go wrong because it's apocalypse and we've followed apocalypse for decades and we know what he's gonna do mm -hmm. or uh, i'd bring up mr sinister but that's like its own thing that we should probably talk about at some point sure. but all of these villains i would argue have changed the most because they're the ones that have their inherent villainous nature but have figured out some way to restrain themselves so that they can work in the society and actually forward mutant society almost in a bigger way than the heroes have because the heroes are like they're doing things a little bit differently and they're hitting things a little bit differently, but it really is the villains who are sitting on a quiet council and talking to these heroes and trying to figure stuff out and not being like, well, let's just take over the world again. Let's just do this thing. Yeah. And they, and they have their, like, they obviously they have their own goals, but I think what, 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 one of the things that Jonathan added to it that we've been playing with for that whole time is that 
instead of being the really simple and clear cut idea of this is a book of these are all just books about superheroes and supervillains and the villains do selfish things and the heroes do selfless things. And again, there still is a place for that. And I hope that, that I hope that you feel that we sometimes still do that. Again, that's a big thrust of what we tried to, Jerry was trying to do in X-Men. He was like, I want to bring it back. They they've got a base in New York stuff comes to threaten the earth and they save it. And it's not just about protecting mutants. It's about protecting everybody. But Jonathan added an, an element of nation building, right? And nation building is real messy and awful, right? I mean, the history of the United States is full of things that are, to, to be super generous, complicated. <laughs> things that are complicated. That's very generous. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm being generous. <laughs> I mean, you know, John, again, Jonathan also did a book uh, over at Image about uh, the Manhattan's projects. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, which his was a crazy science fiction thing, but based on real life where, yes, America brought in Nazi scientists to further <laughs> our, our, our scientific goals and our, of our nation and to help us do go to space and all of these things. That's complicated. That's messed up. And that's kind of what the X-Men are doing here in that they are, you know, you mentioned sinister. They brought in sinister. Sinister is a real reprehensible dude. And is it great to trust him? Oh, probably not. Things are not going to go great, but did they create something? with him that they couldn't have done without him. And that is miraculous. Absolutely. Now, listen, it's comic books. So I'm sure everybody, we can all go, they all came back to life before he did this. Yes, yes, yes. But they, but mutant resurrection is, it's, it's amazing and it's marvelous. And well, I hope you think so. You might hate it, um, <laughs> but it's, it's something astounding. And if, if tomorrow they said, guess what? We can bring back the dead. We did have to work with, a really terrible we had i don't even know we had to putin made it possible that we could all come back oh, to life when we die it would be like oh, oh okay yeah, i don't all right i guess you could have a new <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awful jesus christ sorry the fact that you went there immediately was really <laughs> you had to keep what, up. whatever he wants man waiting, whatever he yeah, wants you're just waiting to say that I uh, like no. You don't want to give the bad guy what they want for sure, but it's complicated, and I and okay. complications are what makes fun stories. I think. All right, great. So uh, thank you for sharing all that. And I didn't mean to, you know, but uh, uh, I, listen, Pete. I, I, before, and I agree before with you. What you're before saying. you say terrible things, let me just say for all the listeners, Pete, I love you. I love you too, man. And I know that regardless of what you say here that you do love me and we're not, we're going to, we're going to fight, but we're still friends no matter what. Okay. Just wanted to say that for all the people listening. So now you can get as mad as you want. (laughs) No, no. I mean, I, I did it. I mean, I asked the thing that I wanted to ask. That was it. Come on. You've got more specifics than that. Hey man. It's the thing is, it's like one of those things where you're a fan of something for a long time, you know, and then choices are made that you don't agree with. And you go, okay, I'm going to set that down for a little bit. Sure. Hopefully it comes back around and gets in my wheelhouse again. But if not, I can just, you know, there's tons of comics that come out all the time. And that's what's great. There's something for me out here. It might not just be this for a little bit, but unfortunately, that's how things work, you know. And, and well, just to check, uh, 
Pete, were, did you die and were resurrected with like a couple of memories missing of the past couple of years where you've been screaming at me so much on the stack that we can't review X-Men comics anymore? Just oh, I'm trying to be civilized here, okay? <laughs> no, I'm but, trying but, to be nice. But you don't have to. We can, we can get into it here. We can get into it. I hear you. I just, I mean, if you're not making the decisions. It's not well, like yelling at you. He's Listen. making, what are you talking about? He's the editor well, of the I, line, Pete. Yeah, okay, let me the put it this stops way. Let me, with him. You know what? Yeah, let me say this. And again, I've said this as times as well when jonathan came in and pitched the story my first reaction was not this is brilliant do it my first reaction was oh no 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 I don't <laughs> and part of that was because of a thing that changed which i've talked about a little bit elsewhere but it doesn't really matter um and part of that was that it's a it's a really big change and i did have to wrap my head around it before i got into it um but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, okay, wait, hold on. I see what this can do and I see what this can be. And I and I got on board. Now, Jonathan's a big deal. I'm not going to sit here and say if I was like absolutely not and put my foot down that it wouldn't happen. Who knows? Maybe somebody else would have edited it. <laughs> but there's lots of stuff that's happened since then that I absolutely a million percent could have been like, no, you're not doing this story. I am a willing collaborator in every step of this process. I am thrilled with and proud of the work that we've done. So I am responsible for it and I will take responsibility for it. Okay, so first off, let me just say after this new information, first off, best off, <laughs> you, you, should have, you should have shot that down right the fuck there because this has been a nightmare, man. It's just wow. an absolute nightmare to watch like heroes that you look up to and admire just do horrible, T stupid things. T Tell For me what reason. Give me an example. I don't know. No, man. Give me an example. Who, who, what hero do you love that that has been ruined by this? I, I just think that, like, I don't, I don't want to watch my superheroes go to fuck island, have sex with Wait, each other. What does other fuck island mean? What is fuck? Hold on, hold on. You don't want to watch your superheroes have sex with each other. First of all, we don't show any superheroes have sex with each other. Second of all, yes, you do. Because I'm insinuating that everybody's hooking up in this fucking island, man. You're, you have a dirty mind. Show me the panel where we have oh people God. hooking up on this book. Oh it doesn't God. exist. It okay. doesn't exist. You're it's, filthy. Uh, <laughs> all right, dude. Excuse me. My, my bad. It's not that as much as then you also have the islands book. It's not enough. Anyways. We did have, so, you're right. The islands we did show kind of having something that is equivalent to sex, but it wasn't really sex. There were no island genitals, but go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. You could probably go back and fix that in the trade. Who, who's your favorite you... X-Men? Who's your favorite X-Men? You're going to say Wolverine, but who? maybe who else? But no, let's. we can do Wolverine if you want. Who's your favorite X-Men? Uh, yeah, so Wolverine's my favorite X-Men. What's wrong with Wolverine in this era? Uh, I Because all of a sudden Wolverine's on an island and everybody's... So you have a problem with islands. We don't you know what to do. Islands. It's, all right, no, no, here's the thing. Some people yeah. like the baseball issue. The, the We're having fun issue i don't i like to see them out in the world absolutely things trying to make this world better that we're all living in mm -hmm. i feel like they were like yo fuck all of y'all we got our own problems and it's like okay well fine fuck you then i don't care about you either if you want to go to that island i'm not concerned so, about you coming up great. with the council that then makes rules and then some people live and die and who gives a fuck because you guys are on an island and you don't care about us anymore so like well, that's okay. Gotcha. That's gotcha. Fine, you know. So, you so how how did you? Okay. Well, yes, this is fine. All of all of the complaints you're saying are definitely complaints about Jonathan's first six issues of twelve issues of the series. So 
That's but fine. we're still there. We're still on this island. You know what I mean? Like, yes, but so, if you're not reading, it, well, okay. Um, well, no, so let me let me let me address yeah. a couple of other things you said. Let me address a couple of other things you said. Um, first of all, yeah, I, I understand. I do understand saying that you're upset that they're going screw you guys. We don't care about you guys. Yeah, I'm I will be like, totally boy, honest I'm with you home. though. I'm going to be totally honest with you though. I feel like that's been what the X-Men have been like for like 20 years because, because again, during what I referred to as previously as like the extinction era, right? Their main concern in every story that they are in was we are now an endangered species and we are going to die every, not literally every issue of every comic, but the larger plot of the every era was we have to protect ourselves. And yes, they were doing it in Westchester, and then they were doing it in San Francisco, and then yes, they on an island, by the way, which you didn't, I don't think, hate, but who knows, <laughs> on Utopia. Um, but their concern was always, we have to protect ourselves, and their problems were were problems that X Men were facing. Well, to talk about the Utopia thing, I love that because yeah. that was fun to see Wolverine and Scott kind of really have. Some so words. I think was... if we can get to the essence of the problem here, the essence of the problem is Cyclops and Professor X being front and center. Is that it? Oh, Pete? you don't like no. Cyclops, right? And I, doesn't yeah, like Professor X. You I keep don't like the lollipop. lollipop. Yeah, yeah the lollipop. Oh, fucking. Oh, that's okay. His you don't like his new helmet. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you don't like his helmet, you don't like his helmet. I don't know what yeah, to tell I mean, you. Whatever, man. It's it's you know it's uh, a style choice. He made it. <laughs> well, technically, he didn't make it. We did, but yeah. <laughs> but um. All right. Uh. So so yeah. So so to me, it's not such a huge change, except that again. I feel like the change was in their attitude instead of going, uh, instead of going, we are living uh, in humans worlds and, and scared that they're going to crush us and doing everything we can to protect ourselves from that. They went, we're just going to save ourselves. And they did it. Um, we, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to stop playing defense and start playing offense and not in a way that they are attacking humans. They're not attacking humans. They're just going, we're going to live for us and live our best lives and stop letting you destroy us. And they did. Um, and then where does it go from there? And where it goes from there has been the stories we've been trying to tell. That there's that doesn't that doesn't solve the problems. It just changes the problems. Uh, um, I'll admit that I've been most surprised and I think pleasantly surprised that they've been able to continue doing it. And I know that's the idea of like doing this continuing story, of course, but I think going into it, my, I would say for myself, though, I assume I'm probably speaking for a lot of readers, you hear that they're going to an island. You're like, oh, it's Genosha all over again. They're putting themselves in one place. It's going to go poorly or, oh, the whole world is going to come for them. This is going to be bad. It's going to be like a World War X type storyline. And that's where we're going to go. But I do think the strength of this is actually letting it play out long form where Yes, people have attacked them and people have come for them, but to the point that we have AXE going on right now. But even that storyline, in essence, is Druig being an asshole about it. Yeah. And it's not specifically about what the X-Men are doing right now. Um, and, and I think that's good. Like, I am enjoying that because that allows you to lean into different ideas of if it was just the storyline of the X-Men being like, no, we're going to the Silent Nation. We are immortal. Deal with it, world. 
then you have a year of storytelling and you're done because it's this big fight and then it does go back to the status quo that Pete's talking about. Instead, you get yeah. things where like you have enough long-term storytelling that you can have Nightcrawler have the space to be like, hey, we're immortal. What does that mean for religion? And then he figures that out, which I think is really fascinating, frankly. I, I, I think so, too. Um, I mean, Pete... Well, actually, can you can, will you be honest with me? Do you? Yeah. And, and again, no, no, no hard feelings. I love you. Yeah, yeah. Do you read any of the X books? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm uh, I'm excited about Midnight Sun and also the Dukes uh, one. We I just read for we're talking about for tomorrow. I'm excited about That's that. Midnight, Midnight Sun. Uh, There's a Midnight Suns book that Wolverine oh, is inexplicably Wolverine. Gotcha, in. Gotcha, much, gotcha. Much no, no, I, but I meant like proper, like, like you don't read We've Wolverine been, anymore, which so is fine. It's, it's just fine just to give you like a little backstage, I said the book's over for our stack podcast in advance. Um, at a certain point, I stopped sitting over X-Men books because most of the conversation was this conversation that we're having okay. right now, and it didn't feel did you uh, did fruitful. you Did you try 10 Lives and X Deaths of Wolverine, or you weren't into that either? Yeah, 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 yeah. We tried that. Listen, we tried you weren't that. into it. You weren't into it. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. I mean, again, I I, I got that. real. Yeah, that was. I, 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 I'm again. I'm not sure then because again, to me, that was especially X Lives was like a real fun book about like quantum leaping through Wolverine's crazy history, and I, I would have thought you'd like that, but I'm sorry you didn't. I, in that case, I mean, here's the thing. I'm a little stumped as to what you would want from the books, other than literally us going, sorry, 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 undo, undo. <laughs> Which I'll, I'll, I'll mention I something. Tell you, not, I don't need. I, th no, that's not. You know what I mean. It doesn't have to be undo, undo. But uh, you know, uh, it just. You did like you did like the Wolverine Deadpool arc, right, yep. Pete? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Well, that's. I'm glad you liked it. I'm yeah. glad. I mean, again, I. Well, I, I mean, I, I like all the books we're doing. I'm really proud of them. I feel like Ben mm -hmm. has, really is good getting inside of Wolverine's head. I think. I think you liked his podcast, right? The, the Wolverine podcast he did, or am I crazy? No, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. So I don't know what to tell you. I'm now, sorry. Pete. I'm sorry. You're... Pete's giving you nothing. It's um, just what if, I, what if I was to say? What if I was to say? Uh, I'm glad Betty and Jughead are broken up. Oh my god! I can't even Come get on. a reaction out of him. <laughs> why, are <you laughs> trying, why are you trying to make me? I'm, can I tell you? I'm not even. You. I'm not even really glad about that. But yeah, here's one. Good. Here's here's one that is true, Alex. I don't think Tony and and Cheryl should should be together because oh, Cheryl fuck because get out of this podcast get out of here Tony because Cheryl because Cheryl is a reprehensible person who has only been terrible to Tony and Tony deserves better why are why are you turning on me like this oh my gosh I've been nothing but supportive of the X Men books see this is why I'm stop reading the X books I know I'm done. You don't care. You just love twisting the knife. That's all you do is you twist the knife. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. That was fun. Um, sorry. Uh, yes. Thank you for getting a reaction out of us. I did want to ask you a couple of questions about the sure, upcoming yeah, stuff, though. Like we were talking about earlier, Sinister has, I really feel yeah. like, been the breakout character of this entire run, given... And correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it was the way that Jonathan Hickman characterized him as a sassy bitch like right from the very beginning of that yes. run that just stuck with everybody yes however the real credit well i don't want to say real credit but uh co-credit goes to kieran gillen because kieran mm. wrote him that way or at least similar to that way uh back in his first uncanny run yeah uh, yeah that was back in the day fun. um that 
like Kieran changed who Sinister was kind of on a on a personality based level. Um, a thing which, by the way, I don't know if, if if you noticed, he like went into how and why that happened in a, in a recent issue. Um, but yeah, he changed like who he was and how he played him in a big way. And Jonathan uh, latched onto that and started using that as well back back during Secret Wars and stuff. And um, so when he wrote him here, he absolutely absolutely stuck with that, and it blew him up completely. And so we're so glad that Kieran came back and I mean, oh, by the way, Zeb Wells wrote him amazing and Hellions mm -hmm. as well. Kept, kept that, that characterization going and to have Kieran back and, and writing him in immortal is awesome. Uh, I just read uh, earlier today at work, a proof of issue nine of immortal X-Men. Uh, it's a, a, it's a really good issue. It's a really crazy issue with a really, really fun concept and is part of the lead into the, sins of sinister uh crossover that we're doing starting in january which we announced uh, over at new york comic-con recently it's it's going to be completely nuts um it's 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 all of sinister's evil plans coming to fruition that he's been laying in in into into this uh this whole nation since it's began and we are going to see them play out. Uh, I think I think we've teased this a bit, so I'm going to just say this part. Uh, we're going to see them play out uh, in three in a, in two, two one shots to start and end it, and then three minis: uh, Immoral X Men, Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants, and Nightcrawlers. And the way it works is over the three months, the first issues all take place ten years in the future. The second issues all take place a hundred years in the future, and the third <laughs> issues all take place a thousand years in the future. Oh my god, that's amazing! Uh, so Crawlers. Yeah, it's it's going to be super. It's going to be a, a crazy book. Uh, the the cover that we revealed for issue one, you see this kind of uh, hybrid uh, Nightcrawler Wolverine uh, coming out of the shadows with a, with a bunch of other uh, Nightcrawler eyes in the shadows still, and so you don't see those those characters yet. And it's uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be messed up. It's going to be messed up. All all of them are going to be messed up. Sinister's plans are messed up, and they. Are going to mess up everything for everyone <laughs> i have this is a little bit of a side thing and i know this isn't necessarily how this event is structured but i'm just curious because we do talk about it quite a bit on the show and this is going to sound very old man why did you change my comics but what's the deal with the like alpha mini series omega issue thing oh <sighs> well that's complicated um i mean much like <laughs> So here's here's the secret of all comics. If if there's a question that starts, what's the deal with? The answer is well, money. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not going to go into all the details of how that works. Sure. But obviously, it has to do with sales, and it has to do with what gen what has been shown to generate the best sales in the past, and things like that. Um, so as as a result, over a lot of time, that has been a thing that has been shown to be true. Now that's in in some cases. It's weird. I think it goes back to Age of Apocalypse. Uh, that's mm. the the first big one I remember. Mm -hmm. Where, in fact, it might have even been where the Alpha and Omega terminology came from. Because I think there was an X Men Alpha, and then all the new books, and then X Men Omega. Um, you'll notice there are Alphas and Omegas sometimes for regular uh, event comics now. Mm -hmm. So it'll literally be here's a series that's one to seven, and that's the main story. But also here's an alpha and here's an omega, which is sort of like, well, then why didn't you call it one to nine? And there's various reasons. 
But in this case, it's a little different and it's a little bit less confusing because, well, I don't, I don't want to say it's less confusing. It makes more <laughs> sense to me. How about that? Because we're saying the alpha issue kicks off this whole storyline. This storyline then gets followed into these three different places. There's no, there's no like, here's the main series. It's all, it's all check out these three series that explore this story and it starts here and it ends here in in the omega which we're calling uh sins of sinister dominion number one and in between you go and explore the different parts you want to you want to explore and come back together so it is in that respect a little bit more like age of apocalypse where there was an alpha and then a bunch of different series and then an omega that wrapped it up awesome Mm. and then you have Wait, another thing oh yes go ahead Pete. so i just wanted to yeah. uh, uh, talk a little bit so you're telling me that there's uh, uh nobody just kind of like over you or maybe watching all the evil <laughs> shit that you're doing and being like hey jordan d white stop Here's talking with everybody just to and, translate wait i'm so what? confused as to what i'm gonna translate about. i'm gonna yes, translate. please translate Pete likes you as a person. He doesn't want to hate you for everything that's going oh, on with X Men right now. So he's trying to figure out who to blame, who's not you. Is that right, Pete? Well, I just I think it's odd that like Jordan D White can be like, "Hey, let's really fuck with people," and nobody's I, no. I never nobody's I never like, say that. Hey, when did, listen, like, I, okay, I know why you're saying that because I have I have relished yeah. the, the anguish that 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 we caused you because as <laughs> yeah. we, I've said, when I do relish it. Um, it's because you love the characters so much and that is great like when they kill the punisher and bring him back as a frankenstein oh, Scott, and it upsets Scott. you yeah that's so it's awful. because you love him so much and they are trying also he was to taken out by reaction. a second tier you know what you mean like you didn't even have the, <laughs> the, the, side to the discussion the don't get distracted like don't get distracted like, take it back duck and rules duck and rules what duck, duck and what no he's not rules he's great no he's great. He's become well. You don't he's read the books, but let me tell you, he's got. He's Punisher. done a lot of cool stuff. It's like I always say: if the Dawkins are knocking, this book is a rocking. You know oh what I'm God. talking about? <laughs> uh, so anyway, are there people who oversee me? Yes, there are people who oversee me. I don't sit. I don't actually sit around and go. Let me see how I can mess with people. Even you, Pete. Um, but that's because I don't work on Punisher. If I did, I probably would say, "What? Well, how can I mess with people?" <laughs> um, uh, no, I, we don't. We don't sit there and go, "Let's screw with the fans." We we love the fans, and we want the fans to love our books. And so, again, going back to your very first question, do we consider the people who? Yeah, of course we do. I, I mean, one thing I'll say is we we put out a lot of books as well over the last like year or two that have sure. been not set during Krakoa. You know, we've put out uh, some Chris Claremont x-men books that some people have that people have been the gambit series is going on right now we've got an extreme x-men series we have the x-men legend series that has been revisiting a whole ton of 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 previous creators and and bringing them back to tell cool stories about past eras um did you read patch larry hama wolverine you must love larry oh, hama yeah, wolverine right? yeah that yeah was, i mean come on uh, anytime larry hama's attached i'm there yeah absolutely so we want we want to uh we want to make comics for everybody and we want to one of the things I've said a lot is that I'd rather make 10 books that 10 different people only want to buy one of the series than, than 10 books where one person wants to buy all 10, because I think it's better to make more comics for more people. Um, even if, even if that means they're, they're, that not everyone wants to read all of them, that's okay. That's okay. There should be comics for everybody. So I hope that we make some comics for you, even if you don't like the main Krakoa ones and, and you sh and again, you should keep touching base once in a while. Maybe something will change and you'll like it. 
Yeah, I do. I do. Um, okay. And I'm hoping well, that happens. And also, uh, you know, talk to your people. Did you read Hellions? Spider-Man. Did you like Hellions? It was so messed up. Hellions is fun. If Hellions was fun. Hellions yeah, was fun. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, hold on. Here, uh, the thing that's coming up next year, just based on title <laughs> Also, alone, we're so... getting a lot of requests for you on the ukulele. I don't know. I know. I Listen, I... Uh, someone requested the song I wrote about Maggot, and I love that song, but I don't know how to play it. I would have to bring <laughs> up the like the lyrics and the chords, and oh goodness gracious, I, I appreciate that. I I will say I I have played the ukulele on the show a few times, and it, but I'm so out of practice. Um, okay, well I, that since. was I, you know there was a couple times where uh, the, your songs are hysterical and amazing. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you... maybe maybe next time if we talk about it ahead of time, I'll try to practice one of them. <laughs> Not on the spot. All right. No, not on the spot. Okay. Sorry. But (laughs) based on title alone, there is something coming up next summer that I feel like Pete might be interested in, which is Fall of X. That's some sort of event. It's been announced for next summer, which is very upsetting to me. Because it's Fall of X, but it's coming out in the summer. Yeah, I know. So I was hoping you could explain that. That's very confusing. Fall. It, it's called fall, and it's in the summer. I know. Maybe, um, maybe if we, maybe we'll try our best to like delay it to as far into late into summer. Yeah, so if you could really screw fall. up the schedule. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. It, just, what it's about God. is uh, there's a letter X, and it falls over, and then it just looks like a hyphen, and it's not, <laughs> not as exciting. I know you can't say a lot about it because it's basically <laughs> you're way off far point. off. But yeah. are you able to say is it? I think a lot of people just based on title alone are like, oh, this is where they're ending this stage and they're beginning the next stage. Is that it or is it something else? I mean, I, I can't say. I cannot okay. say. Yeah. It's too early at this point. Um, it, it's named accurately for very good reasons that will become clear uh, as we come up to it. Uh, but uh yeah yeah it's again it's way too early at this point all we have is is that that name out there pete you must love the hellfire galas right because of the the fashion you get so into it right <laughs> i have a question about that yes please. how often are those happening because... in world it's broken listen you can't, you can't. because quarter, just to explain for anybody's listening so like they happen one year in real time right like yeah. an hour time yeah. Yeah, but comic book time is compressed, so they had a Hellfire Gala, and then like a yeah, month later they had another Hellfire this. Gala. Ask yourself this. How yeah. often do Christmas stories happen in world? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, I would say in the line, you could probably find a Christmas story every year. Why do they celebrate Christmas five times a year? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know the answer. Um, I, that was another. That was a subject I really wanted to, if we had done another Gwenpool Christmas special, I would have had her be like, why are we doing Christmas for the third time this year? Um, but we didn't get around to it, unfortunately. Oh, well. Um, but cool. you, in, if you want to say it, they do it quarterly. That's that's weird. All right. But there you go. Quarterly, yes. sure. Before we let you go, Jordan, any other titles? Like, is there a under-the-radar X book that you feel like oh. people should be checking out? Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, I mean, under-the-radar is a little hard to to say, but... Oh, you know what? Actually, sure. Uh, Exterminators. Exterminators is bananas. Exterminators is wild. Um, it's, uh, it's Dazzler, Jubilee, and Boom Boom and then also uh, Wolverine, Laura Wolverine, uh, yeah. out on the town drinking and getting into trouble and then being, <laughs> being kidnapped and put into basically a crazy 
exploitation film uh not literally but like the plot from an exploitation film where they're put into like death traps and then are with that involves ex-boyfriends who are evil and it's messed up but so much fun it reads like a wild drunken girls night where everything is except deadly uh Leah Williams, this is like the book she was born to write. Uh, oh, we we, we Pete, let her go you, crazy on it. We, we like that one. You like yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, we liked it. Hey, like, there you yeah, go. There you go. We figured it out. I, I felt like that book, I th- feel like my comment on that was it felt like the closest Marvel's come to doing a black label book, like over at DC in a certain okay. way. Um, but great stuff, really. Yeah, yeah it's, we're just, we're just, we're just having fun. There, I'm uh, having fun. Yeah, well, we call her Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> it's confusing was... if you say Wolverine. Though. I know, I know. I do. To be fair, I do. There's I, a I bunch do end up of calling her. I do end up calling her Laura Wolverine most yeah. of the time. Like I'm like, oh, that's the book that has Laura Wolverine in it. Um, so there you are, Jordan. Thank you so much for coming on. It was so good seeing you again. Justin says hi. He texted us, but oh yes. yeah, tell him I said hi too. I'm sad I didn't see. Yes, him. he's unfortunately he's at dinner. He's at dinner. Right. So. He's having well, some New York pizza at 3 a.m. So he's tell really him to save us some. Himself. Yeah, right. Um, tell him to have me back when both of you are out so we can all even out. Exactly. <laughs> Jordan, have a good night. Take care. See you so soon. great seeing you. All right. That oh, was Jordan D. Man. White Jordan talking D. about the White. X-Men stuff. Check out X-Men from Marvel. I guess it's a thing to plug. <laughs> Don't wait until it goes back to normal and then check it out. No, check it out now. I like it. And we are going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It's your audience questions. (laughs) And for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question and ask a question here on Crowdcast or in the comments over on YouTube. But first, we have a sponsor for this week's episode, and I'm going to read what they're all about right now. This week's episode is sponsored by Let's Talk Diz, a podcast dedicated to all things Disney. Learn the ins and outs of the magical world of Disney as host Jeff Covilio and Disney master Sandy chat about the wonderful worlds of, you guessed it, Disney every week. Each episode focuses on one Disney topic and then covers it all in about 20 minutes. About 80% of the episodes are based on current things at the parks, ships, and resorts, from new restaurants to new rides to shows, with other episodes filling listeners in on planning trips and special experiences. Find the podcast online at letstalkdiz.com and on almost 20 podcast players, including Apple, Overcast, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Diz is the podcast you're looking for. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I wrote that line at the end. How did that? Well, I can tell by the way you leaned in to sell Mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? Put a little, put a little extra on it. Put a little, a little spice on that one. You're like, this needs a little extra Zalvin in there. (laughs) Uh, Just the way Wolverine's putting a little extra in Scott Summers. You know what I'm talking about? I, I, I like how he. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, Uh, he knows what he does. He does. He does. He does exactly. 
Stray Bullet asks, when the Krokoa era of X-Men eventually ends, which maybe it doesn't, but probably it does, where should the X-Men go next? Great apropos question. Well, What do you think, Pete? Yeah, I mean, I don't care as long, <laughs> as, long as it's not their island. They can go to the moon. They can go... Uh, you know, their own planet. They can live. They are. They have Mars now. Yeah. They can, you know, wherever they want, it's fine. Uh, Baseball game. They could become a baseball league. I hope not. Uh, That wouldn't, that wouldn't be fun. Just three years of major league baseball with superpowers. (laughs) I'd read that. That's what I want now. I've decided. Uh, Wow. Just want to watch the X-Men play baseball. I mean, tell me that wouldn't be fun. Baseball comic with superpowers? Very fun. I don't know, man. You don't know what fun is, man. All okay. right, this is from Kevin. What, who are some characters you love in their solo titles, but not as much when in team books? Mm, mm. Good question. I mean, it really depends on who's writing them and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, huh. who solo but team... Well, this is top of mind because we were just talking about it. And I think there are instances to your point, Pete, that it works, but Deadpool is a character that I think does work in terms of being in a team book, being like, I'm the annoying guy that drives yeah. everybody crazy in a very similar slot to where Spider-Man fits with Avengers books and things like that. But he's just better on his own where he's free to just murderize everybody, I think. Although the, there was that one team up where it was Deadpool, uh, Punisher, and they were like on this road kip and they kept killing Deadpool mm-hmm. to give them some quiet. That was fun. But but yeah, I mean like a team, not necessarily a team up, but a team. The other mm-hmm. one that I'll throw out at you, and I'm curious to hear your take on this, Batman? Huh. Because every single Batman when he's on a team with rare exceptions is he goes into the Justice League and he's like, well, I'm leaving to do my own thing. Now. <laughs> Take care of this. Myself. Well, he's famous for doing things solo. So right, yeah, so just he's, he's not a good team player. Exactly. But Superman gets him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so or the bad, the bad family. Like I always get emotionally affected by any sort of scene where it's the bad family out of roof being like, Bruce, you don't have to do this by yourself. And he's like, <laughs> all right. Okay. Or they're like, parents. please stop being mean to me, Bruce. Stop keeping me at arm's length. <laughs> I live in a cave by God, myself. I don't know if you heard that my parents died. <laughs> Did I mention that? You know, some people get star- scarred by things like that. <laughs> Nick Grayson says, what are some of your favorite gimmicks in the physical form of comic books, i.e. Jim Lee's Superman Unchanged fold-out pages? Ooh, gimmicks in comic books. I don't know if this is inside, but the Fatal Attractions hologram covers. Love that. I do love when they do fun cover stuff where they have like special artists come and do like amazing uh, covers and they'll be like kind of themed stuff. Um, the Where they did like all the ex-babies or everybody was like a little adorable child there for a little while. That was That was fun. Um, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think of like other, I keep just thinking about the back of a mad magazine, the way it's folded, <laughs> the fold ends. Yeah. Very funny stuff. Uh, the, 
we talk about this one a lot, but the Batman issue where he's trapped in the Quarter of Owls maze and you have oh, to keep turning around. Oh, that was so amazing. Yeah, my iPad broke. I was turning it so much for... <laughs> yeah, that was one where I like uh, I immediately wanted to have a physical copy of it. It was so cool, you know? Yeah. This is from Ben the Border Collie. This is a question for Pete. Ooh, would you follow... follow uh-oh. Would you follow Larry Hama if he was attached to a Scott Jean Thrupple? Oh, from the... the uh, you know, that's why you can't say things like, I'll follow somebody anywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I I would give... Because I respect Larry, I would give him the first issue to win me over. And yeah. uh, I guess I have a hard time wrapping my brain around Larry Hama being like, sure, I'll write that sex on the moon book. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Right in my wheelhouse. That's true. <laughs> and we got one last one here. I believe this is from our guest, Jordan D. White. <laughs> if Frank Castle started dating Mary Jade, but he ended up influencing her to also become a badass and kill criminals, is that a good idea? <laughs> I I don't think so, man. I don't think so. Really? You wouldn't read that? Mary Jane shooting up people with the Punisher? I want Mary Jane and Peter Parker to get back together is what I want. Uh, The two of them are amazing characters individually. And the fact that they can be a unit and uh, love one another and support one another is what makes them, uh, in my mind, great. So I'm still trying to get that uh back i'm trying to put that back in the shell which is uh is something that doesn't seem well, to be happening think about it this way frank castle's trauma is motivated you, by the fact as soon as you say frank cat you know like stop what frank what? castle's trauma is motivated by the fact that he his family died so he's not married anymore and Mary Jane might not know it, but her trauma might also be motivated by the fact that she doesn't have a marriage anymore. So they might, they might bond there. Great, great. Yeah, they can go on a picnic together. <laughs> oh man. Well, there we go. There are your. Hey, there's a, a one for Jordan D. White here. Where a Fantastic Four issue or Reed and Doom? Is that a? Uh, yeah, he was suggesting for the cool issue, Fantastic Four issue, where Reed and Doom have a time battle and you have to follow their story leaping around in time, flipping pages back and forth. Uh, That is very cool. I'll also throw out there on the same sort of thing, there was the issue of Rogue Sun that came out recently. I think it was number seven or something like that. We we talked about this on the Stack podcast. It was... uh, I'll spoil it here if you don't want to know, but I just thought this was so phenomenal. So the main character is this dick superhero that's essentially the concept of the book like he has flame powers he has sun powers but dick superhero he is hanging out with his half siblings and they're playing a board game and he wins the board game by cheating and he tells his other half sibling yeah i cheated by flipping page 12 in the answers that's where i got the answers and then he gets attacked by this villain who traps him in a time loop so the second third the bulk of the book is a choose your own adventure. And so as you're going through the choose your own adventure, you start to realize you're like, wait a second, I'm stuck in a loop here. I can't actually get out of the choose your own adventure. Even if I do the thing where I go back to the previous choice and flip forward. And honestly, for me, it was like, 
five times through until I realized, oh, you have to flip to page 12 and cheat. And that's how you get out of this. Brilliant. So good. Uh, Yeah, I love that. Choose your own adventure, like flip to the other page. Uh, Shiga, who did Book Hunter, did another one where it's all just flipping to different pages and there's there's like 18 different stories that you can have um with uh, different choices that you can make and that's that kind of stuff is just fun yeah and not to keep shouting it out but there was a recent issue of radiant black that had three timelines running simultaneously oh yeah um, yeah. in different rows in the comic book that was also very cool because all the timelines reflected off each other and uh uh, also something that uh you know whenever somebody kind of does a genre or does a fun kind of theme like lock and key where it did its calvin and hobbs uh oh, yes. issue was also such a really cool thing yeah all right we're going to move on to our next section which is trivia and for that we're going to turn it over to pete lepage oh boy do that that says can i do trivia do you have someone he wants yeah, to do it just just bring him we... in? oh sure let's bring in the guy who uh, purposely tries to derail us and make us look dumb oh he's the guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's like the pot calling the kettle let's have a threesome with gene gray hey, hey! look at that punchable face huh? look at that punchable <laughs> face <laughs> hey now, I'll Welcome. Hit you, spin around in the chair. It'd be great. Oh, yeah. Oh, I should have yeah. done an entrance. Hang on. Let's take that again real quick. <laughs> oh, Hello, this... Pete. Oh, this is great for an audio podcast. I love okay, it. Okay, so for the audio listener, I'm completely nude. And I just <laughs> no. somehow removed clothing. Now, just to set this up, because I'm sure Pete might forget, but you're going to be competing for your choice of either a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics or a $25 gift card to Long John Silver's Fish Restaurant. Your Fish choice. That's restaurant. still on the table. Still, still on the up. table, man. We still got to give away those gift table. cards. We're trying to get rid of them. <laughs> Nobody seems to be taking Wait, how many did you pre-purchase? Oh, my God. So many. My, my kids be are have been eating nothing but long. Tied up in t- <laughs> I keep packing long john silvers for my kids and they're like please not these old fish sandwiches again but i can't stop i put my uh, entire children's college fund into shrimp poppers <laughs> <laughs> all right today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Angela Lansbury, oh, R.I.P. Good. Only a week late. Well, we please uh, listen. Hey, you got Alex predicted it. seven weeks, if I remember correctly. Yeah. <laughs> please listen to all three options before making your selection. Question number one: Who is teaming up with Draf- Dracula in Marvel's new series, Vampire Nation? Is it A. Obviously Blade. B. I wonder if Jubilee will be there. Or is it C, Christopher Lee? I mean, that guy looks like a vampire anyway. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the obvious answer. Uh, A, obviously white. Well done, sir. Well done. Here we go. Question number two. In January, DC will be celebrating whom with the issue number 100 tag? Is it A, Batgirl, trying to throw you off, B, Nightwing, the correct answer, or C, Jeff Bridges? The dude, bro. Uh, you know, Pete, I, 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 it's a, it's a tough one, but I gotta go back to uh, my favorite Robin, Dick Grayson, Nightwing. 
number well one. Done, wow. Well done, sir. Well done. All right, last one. Question number three. According to news, uh, a Newsarama article, Frankencastle would be a great follow-up to Werewolf by Night. What do you think my reaction to that is? <laughs> is it A, if done properly, it's a great way to bring back John Bernthal. B, fuck you for even putting that out there, you fucking fuck. Or is it C, Nellie Bellflower? Fun name. Uh. I gotta be honest, not not to coach you, but knowing Pete for a while, I feel like his reaction might have been Nelly Bellflower. I I feel like there's I'm surprised there's not a D that's even longer. It has a breath. You have to take a breath in between and then keep going. Well, I'm sorry, but I think um, Jordan D. White unfortunately already spoiled the answer to this question earlier, and it's B. Why would you fuck you? You fucking fuck. Why would you even put that out there? Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, you All are right. Correct. Congratulations, you have won. You have won. Are you going to get a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics or a $25 gift card to Long John Silvers? Controversially, I think I'm going to go with Midtown Comics as there is not Long John Silvers anywhere near us. Good for you. Good for you. And do you have an idea about the secret movie that Pete is indicating that starred Angela Lansbury, Jeff Bridges, Poppy Bellflower and another person. Nellie Bellflower. Mm, Nellie Christ- Bellflower. Christopher Lee. Oh, okay. I definitely know who Nellie Bellflower and Chris, uh, is. So, uh, no, I don't think I have any idea who. I'm talking about is. the 1982 haunting hit, The Last Unicorn. Oh. oh that, that was one of my favorite me... movies as a kid. I just yeah. didn't know who any actors were yet. Pete, yeah, yeah. that is the first time in i want to say a decade that you've mentioned a movie that's the actual tribute to the person (laughs) all of them are tributes to the person man. are they yeah mentioning their worst movies in a comic book trivia is a tribute to them i don't think they're wait how is this different it's a better movie yeah, it's like a cult movie that you probably didn't know Angela Lansbury is in. So I feel like oh, it uh, I see, yeah. reframes yeah. it. Even if oh, you're a week late and other people have died in the interim. Nat, thank you so much for coming on people the show. People are always dying. That's right. Yeah, it's hard to keep up right. with it. <laughs> Get out of here, Nat. <laughs> yeah, that was an oh, accident. But as we all know, tomorrow is New Comic Book Day, and also today is New Comic Book Day, and every day is New Comic Book Woo! Day. Pete, what are you looking forward to that's coming out this week? Well, first off, uh, an emotional deadly class. Holy shit, number 56. Wow, what a what a amazing This is, just to mention, issue. this is the last ever issue oh. of Deadly Class, so oh that's a big God. deal. Uh, then the Bone Orchard Mythos, 10,000 Black Feathers, number two. I know what you're thinking. Wow, that's a long title and a lot. It's fucking worth it, man. Mm. And, of course, Predator, number three. All right. Well, that's several things. There's a bunch of stuff that I'm looking forward to here. I will mention Miracle Man, number one, is coming out. It's a little bit of a complicated thing because I believe it's essentially a remaster of issue number 23, which we talked about earlier on the podcast. But very curious to see what Marvel is going to be doing with Miracle Man. Also, I love Public Domain, the book by Chip Zdarsky. Public Domain, number five, is out. And a lot of big things are changing with our comic book creating folks. Uh, It is a good book. And folks, 
that is it for this week's show. A couple of people we want to thank. Check out I Loveish New York City from Chronicle Books on October 25th from Ali Solomon. Also check out the whole X-Men line and many, many other things edited by Jordan and D. And all the Deadpool stuff that's going to be coming by. And Jordan all the like, Deadpool That's his real wheelhouse where he excels. You know what I mean? Yes. Next week on the show, Sei-Chun is going to be back here to talk about TKO Presents the Forgotten Blade, and I'm going to try very hard not to ask him about the Gremlins animated show, and I'm going to fail because that's mostly what I'm interested in. But there's a couple of other podcasts you can check out. Riverdale After Dark, a Riverdale podcast, has a new episode talking to director, former director, oh. and EP, Gabriel Coria. You cried! You oh, cried, man. Uh, Justin cried. I cried. Oh, there was. A I fun. had no reaction because I'm dead inside. No, I That's cried. That's right. As well. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast, just finished up She-Hulk and is also going to have a bunch of episodes coming up. The Dube Room, our Dube Patrol podcast, is rapidly going through season three. Also, the Umbrella Academy, our Umbrella Academy podcast, is finally finishing up season three. You can check that out on Mondays. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Thanks, everybody. George Steve White, stop playing with our emotions. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.